You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. Rational fears, uh, if you want to call them that, but Deidre's saying maybe classify that differently. It could be just semantics, but the point is, is there are healthy fears. God gives us healthy fears, but even our healthy fears can cross the line. Um, which is something that I think is remarkable, how many things, how, how out of balance you can get with things. Uh, as a general rule, it's a healthy fear to have a fear of snakes, um, right? That's a pretty healthy fear. Uh, I mean, in honesty, I don't know what good it does to be scared of a garter snake, you know, um, or a gardener snake for some of you, but uh, I, don't, I don't know what good it does for you to, to be scared of a garter snake necessarily, but... Uh, it's a good thing to be scared of snakes because what if you don't know it's poisonous? And so there's a natural maybe fear uh, that you, you don't go grabbing a rattlesnake. And if you're out somewhere, if you're out in the Badlands, uh, you don't do like my wife and go almost try to grab a rattlesnake. And she wasn't quite grabbing it, but she was, she was just getting down close, getting her picture with it. That's all. But um, anyway, uh, but, but the reason we have that fear is well, that's a good, that's a, it's a good fear when you're out there to say, oh, my goodness, uh, we need to be careful. There's rattlesnakes around, uh, and there are rattlesnakes in the Badlands. So if you go out there, watch for rattlesnakes. Uh, but, uh, but at the same time, if I'm laying in bed tonight and somebody just says snake or you know olives, like we were talking about last week, uh, I shouldn't freak out, you know. Um, and so. Uh, there are healthy fears, uh, if, if you want to call them that, uh, and we talked about that last week, so I won't say, I, won't, I don't want to rehash that whole thing, but there are healthy fears. I mean, I talked about, even, even last year, or last year, last week, uh, you know, the fear we talked about, uh, when you see the fear of those that are in leadership in our country and, and the direction they're trying to go, uh, man, there's some fearfulness behind the things that go on. There's fearfulness behind some of the power players in the world and what they're working on. Absolutely. Uh, preacher, does that bother you? Yes, it does. Uh, but at the same time, I've got to keep it on some scalability uh, to I can't be letting it go, my fear turn into worry when there's not really much I can do about it. I need to do what I can do about it and be aware and so forth, but just not being scared for being scared's sake. I think sometimes we feel like we're just doing a service by being scared uh, because we don't feel like we can do anything else, so I'll just be scared. Um, but God doesn't want us to live in that place. So a couple things I said, and I'll just uh, rehash a couple things very quickly. Uh, the very first time we read about fear in the Bible is Genesis 3, verse 10. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And so what, what, what is interesting about, what do we point out that's interesting about uh, Genesis 3, verse 10? If anybody remembers, there's kind of a cool little trivia thing there, if you will. And as that is, we just read the very first words that were ever recorded that man spoke. These aren't the very first words man spoke, but these are the very first words that are recorded that man ever spoke. And what were they? I was afraid. I was afraid. And if you start looking in the Bible, just, you know, do a search on your your phone, uh, whatever it may be, and just search for fear in the Bible. And you'll be amazed at how many times fear is mentioned in the Bible. How often we're told, uh, fear not, be not afraid. Paul was told, be not afraid. Joshua was told, be of good courage, don't be afraid. Now, why are we told so often to not be afraid? Because we're so often afraid. 
because it's just a part of the human condition. It really is. And so, uh, then also another thing we learn about that, the very first thing man ever said is, I'm afraid. Uh, The next thing they said was, I hid myself. I hid myself. And people hide behind anger. People hide behind um, different, people hide behind smiles. People hide behind all kinds of different things when in all reality they are, um, they are scared and they hide themselves. So he hid, he, he, he was scared, he hid, then he covered himself. So what did God do? God spoke. God spoke, God gave provision. What does God still do today? You and I battle fear daily. And when we battle fear, uh, you know, whether it's from a micro level to a macro level, we mentioned last week how that, uh, you know, I, I just, it, it was interesting to me how much some of us may even uh, have fear as we're getting dressed in the morning. Because we're thinking, what are people going to think about what I'm wearing today and how I look today or something like that. Uh, some of you do not have that fear. And I can look at you and tell it, Eric. But, uh, uh, but listen, uh, but for a lot of us, we have that fear. Um, and so uh, we, we just have fear. It's, it's a common thing, but God gives His Word. God's Word is the answer to the fear. So you scared, bro? Uh, if you are, you don't have to be. We don't have to live in fear. We can live fearlessly. So God spoke and made provision. And so we talked last week. I won't rehash this. I'll just mention it. Fear is a business. Fear is big business. Uh, uh, it, it's called 90% of the news, am I right? Uh, fear is big business. Um, fear is good, and I mentioned that already. There, there's a time where fear is a good thing. Um, I can remember, uh, I, I, I don't, maybe I should, have you, you ever heard the story about Natalie and the ferocious dogs? Uh, I'll tell that one to you just real quick. It, uh, it, was, it was a fear, man, that girl, she, this girl's always loved animals, um, and uh, I can remember we lived in Pier. We lived, there was just a couple trailers down from us. And so, you know, it's a, a small area. These people had two German shepherds. And I don't know if they were vicious or not, but they sure did look at it and act it. All right. Uh, and uh, Natalie's just a little toddler and her and Evan are just out playing on the, uh, our just small little front porch and, and, and just right there in that area. All of a sudden we hear Evan hollering. Now you'll see that Evan's a lot different now than he was then. Uh, because Natalie is going toward, she sees this cute little puppy on the end of its chain, teeth out, barking like mad, uh, ears back, everything, and Natalie, puppy, 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 with Evan dragging behind her, pulling her back, hollering for me, trying to get me or Melanie's attention to come out there and save this crazy child. Uh, she didn't have a healthy fear that day, but I'm glad Evan had a healthy fear that day. And, uh, and I told you Evan's changed. He probably regrets that to this day. Um, now I'm just kidding. I'm sure he doesn't. Uh, but the thing is, is that there is a good fear. Uh, some things that aren't good, we, this is where we finally got to last week. The fear of man is not good. All right, here we go. I'm going to just give you some verses and note some things about fear tonight. Uh, Matthew 10, 28, the fear of man. Uh, Matthew 10, 28, the Bible says, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. What if I cared more about what God thought about what I was wearing today than what I thought about people? 
What if I, what if I was, was more concerned and had more fear, if you will, over what God thought about my behavior than what other people thought about my behavior? You see that? What if, what if I cared more about that? What if I cared more about the way, how God felt like the way I live? And I'm telling you, that, that, when, I was talk, when I mentioned that last week, it just dawned on me how little that we understand the fear of God because it's not preached from pulpits and who God really is, the holiness of God Almighty, the greatness of God Almighty. And then maybe if we can get a concept of that, I won't be so concerned about my classmates if I'm in school or my neighbors or my family members or whoever else because I'm more concerned about what God says and thinks about me than what other people. So he says, don't fear them which, which can kill the body but can't kill the soul. Fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So we need to make sure we're trying to please God. Uh, Proverbs 29, verse 25, the Bible says, The fear of man bringeth a snare. What's a snare? It's a trap. It's a trap, and when you get in a snare, you are trapped. Uh, So the fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. I mentioned Paul. Uh, Chad mentioned Paul a moment ago. We can sometimes have a fear to speak. Acts 18 verse 9, Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, Be not afraid, but speak, and hold not thy peace. You ever scared to speak? Anybody? Have you ever scared to speak up for Christ? You ever scared to witness to somebody? Sometimes we might even be scared just to go as far as to invite somebody to church. I got a bunch of nice invitation cards uh, made up and connection cards made up. Sometimes we can be scared just to go that far. We ought not be. But, uh, but man, God help us. We can have a fear to speak. Paul had a fear to speak. Apparently, because God had to encourage him and say, Paul, don't be afraid, man. I'm with you. I'm with you here. Hold not your peace. Be not afraid, but speak. All right, there can be uh, a fear. Uh, it's fear of faith. Luke 8, verse 50. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Fear not, believe only, and she shall be made whole. So in that verse, Jesus is saying, Okay, are you going to be afraid or are you going to believe? He's saying, I don't want you to be afraid. Instead of being afraid, I want you to believe. And if you'll believe, I'm going to work this miracle in your life. That's what he's saying to this woman. How about this one, the fear of supply? Anybody ever worry about, uh, you know, God taking care of you? The Bible says in Luke 12, verse 7, But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Notice this, what's he say? Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. So we can have a fear of supply. You ever ever worry about uh, God taking care of you? Listen, Man, I'm telling you, God. Has, I wonder if anybody could testify that God's taken care of them through the years. Has God ever come through for you? Have, has there been times in your life where you weren't sure if you were going to make it, that you did make it? I've got to look at that stuff. And we need to learn to look back. You know, throughout the Bible, there's memorials. And God's always trying to get His people to look back and say, Remember, 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 because we forget. Uh, it's amazing. I, I, I think about sometimes thinking about, uh, you know, just uh, wanting God to help me to be the pastor he'd have me to be, to be uh, the man of God, the church member he would have me to be. And sometimes I'm just like, Lord, I don't know if I can be what... You... Then I just stop back and think, it's like, well, Lord, you've been helping me for the last 20-something years. What makes me think you're not going to help me today? 
What helps me think you're not going to have? Because he is. Amen is the point. He has come through. We need not worry. And I'm telling you, listen, I'm not saying, when I say that we don't have to worry, that doesn't mean that hard times might not come. It really doesn't. Uh, But what it does mean is he's going to be faithful. He's going to be faithful. And my God shall, he's still, my God still will supply all your need according to his riches in glory. He hasn't promised to supply all your greeds, but he has promised to supply all your needs. And you may be getting a dose of something right now that you might not want, but it might just be something you need. So he'll take care of us. All right, how about this one? Um, The first words that were spoken by man, but how about this? Some of the very first words that were spoken by Jesus after the resurrection were what? Fear not. Fear not, he said to Mary. Um, And here's the thing. As we consider this, I mentioned this earlier, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Here's how we battle, here's how we win in spiritual warfare. By the way, let me ask you this question. Um, Where is the battlefield in spiritual warfare? Where's the battlefield? It's in the mind. It's in the mind. It really is. Now, I understand that there's a battle in the heavenlies and all that, but for where it acts, the battlefield for us is in the mind. That's where it's taking place. You say, well, man, I really feel like, you know, maybe God, what, what's that, Ralph? Your mind? Yeah. Um, and uh, if only he was kidding. <laughs> uh, he only, the only reason he's here is tonight because he ain't sure if it might have been here is where he left it, all right? Uh, so he's just checking. If anybody, look in the lost and found box there, Ralph. But, uh, but I mean, really, it, it's, it's in your mind. And, and now, it, it, it may come in the form of physical affliction, financial things, stuff in your family and in your home, but it's all about how you deal with it up here. Every, every bit of it. 100% of the battle in the Christian life is in the mind. You say, well, no, 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 preach. You don't understand. I've got this trial I'm going through, and that's my battle. No, no, no. That is a battle, but the real battle is what's going on in your mind about how you're going to handle it, how you're going to perceive it, uh, what's your perspective. Are you going to trust Christ? Are you going to worry? Are you going to be afraid? Are you going to be a believer? What are you going to do during this time? That's the thing that you can control. So he says, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, casting down imaginations. Anybody's mind, uh, Deidre mentioned it earlier, anybody's mind ever get, get running away on them? And you get to worrying about stuff, and I know I preach a lot about worry, but, but fear and worry basically are the, the same thing. But you, your, your mind gets to running away on you, and you worry. And, and, and so your, your imagination just goes crazy. I mean, isn't it bad? We've got a legitimate concern, say about a child, a loved one, whatever it may be. That's legitimate. But we just don't always end there, do we? Because then we say, but man, and if they're here right now, then this could happen. Then if that happens, then this could happen. Then if that happens, and then before you know it, it's just over, man. Where? In your mind. In your imagination. And what have you accomplished? Not very much. So it's, 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 it's... There's a legitimate concern here. There's a legitimate fear, if you will. But what we've got to do is we've got to make sure that it's in proper context. Uh, What's the Bible say? Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. So, casting down imaginations 
and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Now the importance here is the way we can cast this down and win this battle is we've got to know the Bible. We've got to be in the Word. I mean, listen, make, it, make an effort. Pick one verse that I've said tonight. Try to memorize it. Or try to memorize another verse. Do something. Get in the Word of God. Familiarize yourself with the Bible because that's what's going to help. Because the problem is, a lot of times, we're getting beat up and we don't know how to defeat the thought it says that we need to cast down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Well, there's a lot of people going around thinking that there's losers and they'll never make it. That's knowledge against the knowledge of Christ. What do we do with it? Do we cast it? If, if we don't know what the Bible says, then we don't have the power to cast it down because we just let it run wild. But if we stop and say, wait a second, is that true? What does God say? What does God's knowledge say? In other words, what's God's word say? That's what really matters. That's what's really going to make a difference. So, so every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Just imagine a filter to where you pour all of your thoughts. And that filter is the Word of God. That filter is the knowledge of Christ. And the only things I'm deciding I'm going to dwell on is I'm going to dwell on the things that are right in the eyes of God, the things that are true, the things that are lovely. Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter number 4, and it tells you the things that we should think on. Uh, so, uh, spiritual warfare in the mind. Uh, I love this verse. The Bible says in Romans 8, 15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. See, uh, there's a lot of things in our future. We're going to have problems. We're going to have pain. We're going to have pressure in the future. But we don't have to fear the future. See, fear is based oftentimes on lies. And I'm talking about irrational fear or fear that we ought not have is based on lies and ignorance. So among the things that we should know, and I'm going to try to uh, bring this thing uh, to a, a, there's a place that I'm really, really trying to get here. But I think I'll give you this verse. 2 Corinthians 4 2 Corinthians 4, this is a great passage. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look, not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal." but the things which are not seen are eternal. Um, you know, we talked a lot about the things that we feared. Um, you know, uh, one of the things, we, we, we fear death. People fear death, don't they? Uh, but I'm telling you, as a child of God, you don't have to fear death. Why? Because, man, we got a promise. The Bible tells us we have a promise. To be absent from the body for the child of God is to be present with the Lord. Now, I understand uh, you know, I, I'm really not too scared of death right now because I, as far as I know, I'm pretty healthy and I'm relatively young. Doesn't mean I couldn't kill over right now, I know. Um, 
But I know one thing's for sure, we don't have to fear death. Um, and so uh, we, we, we've got that promise. All right, but here's, here's really, really, really the power to overcome your fear. Whatever fear it may be. And it all lies in this truth. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, here it is. We know God loves us unconditionally. Talk about knowledge. It, when I know that God loves me unconditionally, it should alleviate my fear. Why? Well, there's something else I ought to know. Because when I talk about God, I'm talking about somebody who has control of my life. I, I'm, I'm talking about somebody who, who has a hedge about my life. That whatever is allowed to touch my life are things that God has allowed to touch my life whether that's through a decision I've made, whatever it is, but that's still the case. But this same God loves me beyond any measure. And it, He loves me unconditionally. 1 John four seventeen, I mentioned, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. Now notice those words there. Love has made us perfect, complete. We have boldness in the day of judgment. Why? Because verse 18 of 1 John 4, there is no fear in love. That's where we got to learn to live. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath, anybody see that next word? Torment. Anybody say amen right there? Fear has torment. Fear will torment you. What are you scared of right now? See, I mean, you, we, we say, you know, we, again, we don't think of these things that we face as fear, but it's fear. If you're worried, you're scared. I mean, you know, you think about these different emotions and different battles we fight. Why? It's because we're scared. It's because we have fear. Fear of uncertainty. Fear of provision. Fear. But see, perfect love casteth out fear. There's no fear in love. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Ephesians 3.18, the Bible says, that we may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, and depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. I'm going to end on this because I don't think there's any way I could go much further. I'm going to end on this verse and tell you some things about this verse, about the love of Christ. Look at this verse again. Again, what am I talking about? You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to live in fear. You can live beyond that. And I'm talking about overcoming this with the knowledge, bringing down things that exalt. Well, we need to know, first of all, that this thought I'm thinking is exalting itself against the knowledge of Christ. So we know the Word of God. Here's a good verse. Here's a good principle to know. He loves us, all right? I'm going to look at this verse again, that you may be able to comprehend. Um, I, I, I can't help but think about this when I see that word every single time, that that word comprehend comes from the Greek word prehensile. And, uh, and, and prehensile, you, what, what, what do you think? Anybody, does that bring anything to mind when you hear prehensile? It, what it ought to bring to mind is it ought to bring a monkey's tail to mind. Or a possum's tail to mind. Uh, I'm telling you, when they get a, a possum or a monkey or, or some of those things, they get a tail wrapped around a branch, good luck getting them loose. 
I mean, son, they are locked in there because they, they're comprehending that branch. They've got a hold of something. And, 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 it, and it can support all their weight. Not only does it support all their weight, but it can support all their weight with somebody shaking the tree. I had a friend of mine, I've told you all the story before, I ain't going to tell it again. I'll tell it again another day because that's what I do because I'm an old man. But, uh, but, uh, but I'm not going to tell it again. But I've seen people shake a tree with a possum up in it uh, with that tail wrapped around that tree and you can forget about it. Uh, that thing was not shaking loose. Okay, that you may be able to comprehend. God wants you to get a hold of something. God says, wrap your mind around this. And when the devil comes shaking your tree, you might swing and you might sway, but by golly, you're not letting go. You're holding on. See, what is it that you may be able to comprehend what with all saints? The breadth, the breadth, the length, the depth, the height of what? The love, the love of Christ. And to know the love of Christ, listen to this, try to process this. To know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge. How about that? Now I'm telling you, some of us know what that's about. I I dare say most of us in here know what that's about. You know what it is to have this knowledge and it, it passes understanding. You don't know how you know it, you just know it. Uh, that, that it passeth knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God, all right? So I'm going to end with just trying to say a word about that love, uh, which really this should be the whole message or many messages, but I'm just going to state it briefly. He says the length, that you may know the, uh, the, the length of the love of God. I'm doing these out of order, but the length. How long is God's love? That you may be able to, how long? Eternal. Okay, thank you, Deidre. In my mind, I was thinking, I, I, I can think of it going this way, but it don't just go this way, it goes that way. Eternal, because eternal is eternal. That doesn't start and end, it's, it's eternal. The Bible says, uh, listen, that He's loved us with an everlasting love, eternal. So how long is God's love for you? He says, I'm wanting you to grab a hold of something, because you're going to need this, because we face fear all the time. We face fear in so many different aspects. I need you to get a hold of something. The length of God's love. I need you to hold on to that when you begin to get fearful. When you begin to get worried. When you begin to get angry. When you, when you begin to lose it. Uh, you need to get a hold of that. You need to grab on to it. But not only how the length of God's love, but also how wide is God's love. Man, I'm telling you what. It, God's love is so wide you can't look anywhere where it ain't. It is all around. It just covers. It is long. It is wide. How deep is God's love? I'll tell you this right now. God's love is deeper than you'll ever go. You will not go so far that you'll get to a lower a place low enough to where you won't find the love of God there. Hey, anybody been in some low places? Man, I've gotten some low places, and guess what I found down there? I didn't think it was down there at first, Sarah Sue, but guess what I found out? Man, I found the love of God was down there. Because you can't go deeper. Then the love of God. You can't out, you can't outgo uh, the love of God. You can't outgrow the love of God. I'm telling you, it's long, it's wide, it's deep. It is deep. It's further down than when you will ever go. Corey Tinboom said, There is no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. She has said that in a concentration camp. That's a pretty deep place. But guess what she found in the concentration camp? The love of God. It was there. It was there. 
Uh, how high is the love of God? Oh my goodness. God's love is high enough for a greater perspective. Uh, God's love is high enough to see you through. And He's wanting us to comprehend how long and how deep and how wide. And He's wanting us to say, okay, that means that, that it's so high that I might not be able to see my way through this, but God's love is already. See, when I... You know what I've quit praying? I will pray and I'll begin to pray. Lord, will you please bring me through this? But I usually end that with saying, Lord, thank you that you've already brought me through. Already. I hadn't seen it yet, but he has. He's bringing me through. So I thank him. Because He will. Amen. Hey, His love is so great, you're not going to be the first person. Wait, He's saying, I want you to comprehend it. I want you just to get a hold of it. And if you will, then you will know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. You'll be filled with the fullness of God. Oh, beloved uh, brother, sister, listen to me. His love, I'm persuaded that His love is greater than death. He said that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Yea, we are in in all these things. We're more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Love is the antidote. Love is the answer. How can you tell? How can you tell tonight if you're choosing fear over faith? Because if we're choosing fear over faith, faith means we're acting on what we believe. And so let me ask you this tonight. Did you walk in here tonight? It ain't as important about how you walked in as as you walk out. But did you walk in here tonight uh, as a person that God loves that much? Did you, are, 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 did you come in here tonight as a person that God loves so much that you hadn't got deep enough where, you, where, where His love's not there? Have, have you, did you come in here understanding, comprehending the fact that I don't understand the lot that's going on, but I know God loves me. I know God loves me. I know God loves my children. I know He loves my family. I know He loves me. Do you realize how much that helps? Because what we do is so, because we get to this thing, well, I guess I deserve it after all. Anybody ever mess up and think that, you know, listen, we all do that. But but you know what? It does matter, but it doesn't matter because God's love is greater. His love is greater. His love is greater. And I'm telling you, He's just trying to say, I want you to grab a hold of it. And I want you not to let go. And when the devil and any enemy, and anybody else, and even your own lying mind begins to say, uh, contrary to this, you need to remember that God loves you. That God's love is greater. And, and listen, I don't always understand it. I don't understand what I'm going through, but I'll tell you one thing I do understand. He loves me. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what I may face. And you know what? I, do, I know my own failures. Don't like those. But you know what else I know? I know He loves me still. Amen. I know He'll never leave me. I mean, listen, if we could just, if we could just get a hold of how much, I mean, He loved you and I so much, He would rather die than spend eternity without you. He went to the cross for you. And that's, again, what the Bible says there in Romans 8. He that spared not His own Son, how shall He not freely with Him give us all things? Man, 
If you and I could just grasp the love of God, we could experience the fullness of God. Amen. And uh, so praise God. Let's all stand. Uh, I'm going to work on trying to tell that better and come back and tell it again about the love of God. I really am. I, I mean, I want people, uh, you know, to, to be able to get a hold of it, man. I want to be able to grasp it. How can we walk through this life with any kind of joy and peace and any smile on our face at any point in time ever? Just because He loves me. That's the only way. It ain't because, man, I guess preacher's doing pretty good. He seems awfully, you know, at peace or happy or whatever. Well, I'm just putting on because I'm at church. No, I'm not. Amen. But, uh, but what I am telling you is that seriously, if I'm ever like that, it's because God's good and He loves me. It's, you must think a lot of you. Well, no, I, I think something of me. I really do. Because He does. He does. I don't think I'm nothing great enough myself, but I'm telling you, He must. He loves me a lot. And He's called me. And uh, He's got a purpose for my life. I don't got to go around with my head down, acting like a loser or any of that stuff. Man, He loves me. He loves me and He loves you. He loves you too. And uh, Barbara, you can play. And I don't know. Uh, listen, man, I just, I just hope, yes, oh, how He loves you and me. I just hope tonight that we could just leave here with our heads held high, our shoulders back. You say, preacher, the devil's shaking my tree. I get it. Won't you just grab onto that love tonight, amen? And just not let go. Just not let go. You might just need to say, Lord, I want to thank you for loving me. Lord, I want to ask you to forgive me for doubting you.